podcast is what she'll say. Okay, good morning. Happy Sunday. <laughs> good morning. Take two. <laughs> so today we're talking about Revelations chapter 14. I can't believe we're already on chapter 14, to be honest. Um, I talked so much about chapter 13 this past week um, because crazy things kept coming up that we read in chapter 13 in conversation, either with coworkers or with clients. And I, I find that happens to me a lot. Whatever chapter we're working on, like when we talked about the double-edged sword, that week it came up in conversation so many times. And this time, for some reason, it was the mark of the beast. And then, you know, I got to tell in the people at work about how I associated it with the shot. Oh, and by the way, I think it was Norwegian cruise, cruise line posted yesterday. For future cruises, you have to be vaccinated and show proof of vaccination before you can cruise with them. FYI. Hmm. Well, did you see where the, they're trying to get it? I don't think that it'll ever pass. And in which case I feel like our constitution is a bunch of baloney if it does, because Mm -hmm. they're trying to pass it where they can mandate vaccines and make them mandatory. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry. I feel like that that is, is against the American people in a, in a whole, I mean, to mandate something like that, that is, is potentially, it's your own decision, whether you feel that is, is harmful or appropriate for your body. I don't think that they can mandate. That's like saying they mandate abortions or they mandate live births. Like you, that's just something that you can't generally. Well, here's the thing. The whole thing, there's people, out there that don't want to vaccinate their children for measles and chicken right. pox and so on and so forth but they're all for mandating this one particular shot yeah makes right. no sense okay yeah. no now, don't I get vaccinated. me wrong i vaccinated my children me too um, absolutely but i am not ready to get vaccinated for this one particular same here so here's my this is my general theory on this is the fact that um if a vaccine has been around and has been studied and has been tested and tried i am more apt to have that vaccine i get the flu shot shot every year now the other thing is is i'm the same boat with you with this vaccine like i feel like there's too much of a back push for this vaccine and it makes me uncomfortable and for that reason i will not get the vaccine i'm sorry it's just a personal choice well let me tell you i have a friend who works in the pharmacy and i was i wasn't actually talking to her she's one of the she's my my friend's sister whose grandmother just passed away and they were like I called my friend to see if her dress fit that I gave her money for for her birthday and they were together. And she says on the vaccine bottles, it says for emergency use only. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things that's controversial, but like you were saying, like anything we talk about, we seem to have confirmation from God that we're doing what we should be doing. Like he, he puts these things in place. And that's like this morning, you were talking about the mark of the beast. I turned the TV on this morning. My daughter likes watching wild crats and it usually comes on here at seven 30 in the mornings. And I, I turned it on. Well, wild crats wasn't on, but it was this pastor on there. And he was talking about the, the number six, six, six. And he was talking about how it relates to old Testament times 
and King Nebuchadnezzar had built this um, building that was, um, it, it ended up equivalenting the 666 numbers in the measurements. And like mm -hmm. he said that, he said, that's mm -hmm. not by chance, y'all. He's like, he was telling them to bow down to a foreign God, to bow down to, you know, something that wasn't the God of Israel. And I thought, wow, this goes right along with how Beth and I talk about how God sends us little signs that, you know, we're studying where we should be studying. Yes, exactly. So I can't wait to see out of chapter 14 what comes up this this. Upcoming. Yeah, yeah. And chapter 14 is interesting. It's the lamb and the 144,000. So we're getting to that point where it's the transitional moment in Revelation. Mm -hmm. And um, the commentary on this, so I'm just going to read a little bit from it before we get actually into the word. But it, it says, the special group of Jewish men was sealed by, by God before the seventh seal was opened, which was in Revelation chapter 7. Mm -hmm. Now they are seen on Mount Zion with the Lord Jesus Christ. Contrasting this picture to the one described in Revelation 13, the followers of the beast whose mark is on their heads. God always has his faithful people, no matter how wicked the world may become. So what we're about to study is where the 144,000 are standing with Christ. Mm -hmm. So this is like, you always have that battle of good and evil. So we just witnessed the bad. We're yeah, right here. I see them. Yep, my, bad, we're, my good side. Yep, we're about <laughs> to see the good. <laughs> All right, you want to start off or would you like for me to? I can, sure. And there are 20, so I'll read to 10 and we'll go from there. Okay. Then I looked and there was the lamb standing on Mount Zion and with him were 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. I heard a sound from heaven, like the sound of cascading waters and like the rumbling of loud thunder. The sound I heard was like harpists playing on their harp. They sang a new song before the throne and before the four creatures and the elders, but no one could learn the song except for the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. These are the ones who have not defiled themselves with women since they remained virgins. These are the ones who follow the lamb wherever he goes. They were redeemed from humanity as the fruits, the first fruits for God and the lamb. No lie was found in their mouth. They were blameless. Then I saw another angel flying high overhead with the eternal gospel to announce to the inhabitants of the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. He spoke with a loud voice. Fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship the one who made heaven and earth and sea and springs of water. And another, a second angel followed saying, it has fallen. Babylon the great has fallen. She made all the nations drink the wine of her sexual immorality, which brings wrath. And another of the third angel followed them and spoke with a loud voice. If anyone worships the beast in its image and receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand, he will also drink the wine of God's wrath, which is poured full strength into the cup of his anger. He will be tormented with fire and sulfur in the sight of the holy angels and in the sight of the lamb. You want to finish that same sentence? Yes. And the smoke of their torment will go up forever and ever. There is no rest 
day or night for those who worship the beast in its image or anyone who receives the mark of its name. This calls for endurance from the saints who keeps God's commandments and their faith in Jesus. Hmm. So let me tell you just what I'm thinking. And this runs into another religion. And I have nothing against people with their own religion. You're free to choose whatever religion you like. But I can never remember the number of the people that the witnesses, I'm going to say that, say those are the only ones that's going to get to enter into heaven one day. That's it. And it's the 144,000. Those are the only ones that are going to go to heaven. So um, I kind of thought that was the number, but I couldn't really remember until, I mean, it just like, bam, there it is. And if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Um, my husband was a witness for most of his life and he can tell you more than I, I don't particularly believe that's the only number of people that's going to get into heaven. Um, but I can see why those particular 144, they're very pure mm -hmm. and, and do what is right. And they're very pure. So I can see why they think that would be the only and no. see, do you know what came to my head when we read that was it, it talked about them being virgins and it made me think of nuns and monks because right, they, exactly. they tend to abstain, but so what, okay. Of course, I'm not very educated, but nuns and monks would be Catholics, correct? Yeah. That's what I thought. So mm -hmm. that brings us into another religion. Mm -hmm. We're all tied yeah. together, you guys. We're all tied. Yeah, together. exactly. Exactly. And the thing of it is, though, is like, even for those two religions, if there's only 144,000 that only make it to heaven, like your chances aren't very good, friends. Period. So Period. that's the only number. Yeah. And what is nice <laughs> about this reflection of Revelation is that this is the second chance for the 144,000 to come to Christ because right. apparently they didn't do that prior to the rapture. So this because is some their of us, yeah. Some of us has already been called up at this point. Yes. Hallelujah. Us, Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Some of us has, has already been called up. I pray, pray to you, Lord. I'm one of them. Um, and then we have this 144,000 left and we yes. sing that back back I think it was around chapter seven or eight nine that there was gonna be some left over yeah to so, so the commentary goes on to say this and this may help with some of your your thinking not mm -hmm. only are the 144,000 standing but they're singing they're there during a special time in tribulation they have a new song that others cannot sing they are accompanied by harps and heavenly heavenly forms John points out that the 144,000 did not belong to the earth. They had been redeemed out of the earth. They were not earth dwellers. So that almost makes me wonder, were they angels among were us they during this time? That would explain why they're so pure. Exactly. So then it goes on to say, but they are citizens of heaven. Believers today do not belong to this special group of people. We have been redeemed. We are not part of this world system. The phrase defiled with women does not imply that sex within marriage is evil. It does not. It merely indicates that these 144,000 Jewish men were unmarried. So does that mean the 144,000 is only 
That's what it sounds like. That's what if that's exactly what it sounds like. In the Bible, fornication and adultery are pictures of idolatry. While most of the world bows down to the image of the beast, the 144,000 are faithful and true to God. While others lied to get what they needed, these 144,000 were without blemish. The term first fruits, the very finest, also carries the idea of an unexpected harvest. On the feast of the first fruits, the priest waved the sheaf before the Lord as a sign of harvests belonging to him. Ties us back to Leviticus, which is in the Old Testament. The 144,000 may be the first fruits of the harvest that is to come. This may be the nucleus of the coming kingdom, Jerusalem. It would seem difficult for a heavenly company such as this to establish a kingdom on earth. So much going on. So many, so many religions are tied in together here in this very moment. Yeah. And then it says like the nations that fear the beast. So the people that are here and remain that are worshiping the beast will give honor to him, but the heavenly messengers will summon them to fear through fear to honor God. It is a reminder that God is the creator and deserves all of the worship. This is known as the gospel message in Corinthians. Well, you see in Genesis um, how he destroyed, um, I'm not going to say colonies. I guess it would be like a community yeah. of people who, who were not doing and living the right way. And he would, he would just wipe them out all at once. Right. Right. So, I mean, like that I does- always think of Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, I, I always do. Women, infants, children, everyone, husbands, everyone. everyone. There was yeah. not one person left. And Lot, as they were walking away, God instructed them not to look back. And Lot's look wife back. looked back and she she disintegrated. She was gone. Mm-hmm. And how so, often do we in our life, once we get out of sin and we're redeemed by the blood of the lamb, how often do we look back on our sinful ways? I would think it would be an everyday battle. I mean, how often, how often are you tempted by the lifestyle that you once lived? And then you're right. It, it's through the blood of Christ that you overcome that. But then the other thing the commentary says here is it talks about the, about Babylon. So Babylon is God's name for the world system of the beast, the harlot. It's a religious system that the beast uses to build his kingdom. When the Antichrist establishes his own religion, he will destroy the harlot, but it is God who will destroy Babylon. The third message is directed especially to those who are deciding to follow the beast. It's a warning. To go along with the world means to turn your back on God. The Greek text reads, if any man continues to worship the beast, suggesting that there is still opportunity at this point to have salvation and repentance, then drinking from the cup is your final judgment. If you choose this, even though you're given this final opportunity, the vials of wrath will also be on you. You know, I've never understood the expression, um, God fearing woman, God fearing man, because 
in my mind, why would I fear God? Did you listen to my prayer pocket this week? <laughs> I actually, you know what? I haven't yet. I must confess, I forgot to do it that day and didn't because realize you, said it. you saying that I talk about that. I talk about just that. And so I did not listen to it yet. Let me just say that. So, so go ahead, finish, finish what you're going to say. Okay. So I think I understand the expression now because everything goes back to Genesis for me because I've been reading Genesis on my own and a lot of things happen. If God can wipe out an entire area of men, women, and children because they are not living life the way they should, they're doing things they shouldn't, that would make me fear God because into the path of wanting to follow God and do the right thing and be a good Christian. I think I finally get it now. Do you think that could be it? Well, yes. And what I pointed out was we don't fear God, but scripture tells us not to fear man because man is only, is only around for a season, but fear those that control the soul. So God controls our soul. God controls where we spend eternity, but it's on our decisions. Like it's based on what we say. So to be God fearing means that you're not afraid of God. You're afraid of the power that God has. You don't want to, you don't want to be on God's bad side because that means you're on the side of tribulation and you know what tribulation brings. I have had this discussion with many people. I said, can you please explain to me why I say this and this expression? And then just now it clicks. But it's better to it's better to spend eternity with Christ or live in our lives the way that you and I are daily stumbling, daily trying to call on God for forgiveness and seeking that that will in our lives than to spend a few pleasurable years with the antichrist Mm -hmm. because and that's like commentary says it's better to reign with christ forever than the antichrist for a few short years better to endure endure persecution now than to suffer throughout eternity later right (laughs) makes perfect sense that is so weird now i'm gonna have to go back today i'm glad you reminded me that i haven't done that yet i had a busy week this week (laughs) But it's funny because that just proves another point that God knows what, what we need to say when we're saying things and, and we rely on him to, to, to share his word rather than out of our own will, because it ties together. It always ends up tying together. Yeah. So we're on the right path, guys. Amen. (laughs) Okay. Chapter, uh, verse 13. Then I heard a voice from heaven saying, right blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the spirit. So they will rest from their labors since their works follow them. Then I looked and there was a white cloud and one like the son of man was seated on the cloud with a golden crown on his head and with a sharp sickle in his hand. Another angel came out of the temple, carrying out in a loud voice to the one who was seated on the cloud. Use your sickle and reap for the time to reap has come since the harvest of the earth is ripe. So the one seated on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth and the earth was harvested. 
Then another angel who also had a sharp sickle came out of the temple in heaven. Yet another angel who had authority over fire came from the altar and he called with a loud voice to the one who had the sharp sickle. Use your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of grapes from the vineyard on earth because it's, its grapes have ripened. So the angel swung his sickle at the earth and gathered the grapes from the mm. vineyard on the earth and he threw them out into the great wine press of God's wrath. Then the press was trampled outside the city and blood flowed out of the press up to the horse's bridles for about 180 miles. Hmm. Did I say sickle correctly? Is that the correct sickle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know what a sickle is, right? <laughs> I do not. It, I do not. It's like, okay, you know, when you see the Grim Reaper holding okay, that thing. That's exactly what I had pictured in my mind. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's actually used to thrash wheat. So you actually yes. use that to yes. cut down the wheat. That's exactly what I had pictured because, because of the reference to the grapes, I would yes. see them slashing. That is exactly what I had pictured in my mind. You're yeah, correct. for sure. So, so God would show us the images that we need to know. <laughs> Because he showed me that tool just now before when you asked me if I knew what it was. So here's another just a fun fact about the number 666. Just tying this back into the last chapter a little bit because the, even though we're out of the chapter of the mark of the beast and into the mark of the saints, you also have to think about some of the things that are symbolic. You know, the Bible uses a lot of symbolism because that's what's easily understood. Yeah. So man was created on the sixth day. Okay. That's the first six. Six, mm -hmm. it, six represents the number of man. Creation was made for man and likewise has the number six stamped on it. There are 24 hours to a day. There are 12 months to a year, four times six, and then two times six. Seven is the number of perfect fullness, but six is the human number, just short of perfection. So when you're a six, you're short of perfection. When you accept Christ and you're bathed in the blood of the lamb, you have now become a seven. So that's where God's perfect number comes into play. And despite all of man's imaginative calculations, we know that the meaning of this number and its name, there's no doubt that the claim of 666 relies on the mark of the beast where it is unable to claim the number seven for its trinity. So, so I have to tell you this. I don't know why I feel like I need to say this, but I just have a feeling I need to say this. When my dad was in his final days, we were at the hospital. I was reading him because newspapers were popular back then. This was 2003. We had the newspaper. I was reading him the sports update on the Braves, how they were doing with their game because we're big baseball fans and Braves fans. And I was cleaning under his cleaning his nails. For some reason, he, he had been in the hospital for a while, but underneath his nails was really dirty. And all of a sudden, he opens his eyes. He looks up. There's a clock on the wall. So we think he's looking at the clock and he's having this conversation. And he was like, yes, sir. I'm so sorry. I just need to tell my family. I, I hope I didn't say too much. Well, he had previously told us that 
you know, he knew it was his time to go. And for, you know, I think it was for us, but he said his mansion isn't ready yet. The seven rooms are not ready yet. And he thinks that he may yeah, have cold chills. He thinks that, you know, he may have told us too much, but he, and he was like, can I have another day? He was actually having a conversation with Jesus. Amen. And, Amen. and he told us that, and you guys can believe whatever you want to. And you can say that maybe he was medicated or whatever, but in, if you were in that room and you seen it happen and you heard the stories and if you read the Bible, you will know that my father was telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know that has nothing to do with this part that we're in, but I just felt, com- felt compelled to tell you that story. But right. then again, that's, that's another another perfect example of God's number seven the seven rooms aren't ready yet right there wasn't ready his his mansion wasn't ready yet so he was giving him more time and my father was saying I'm sorry if I told my family too much um but evidently he didn't so (laughs) he was apologizing yeah isn't that amazing that's amazing yeah um, amazing I can't remember I know I was there I was sitting right beside him I had his hand in mine because I was doing his nails and he I mean he was like in complete sleep like he was sleeping and he woke up and he I mean it was like he was staring at the clock on the wall but he had and I'm like daddy who are you talking to and he said it's Jesus baby girl because that's what he called me and I mean, I'm just going to get emotional talking about it, but it was amazing. Yeah, for sure. It was amazing. And that we got to experience that. Absolutely. I think my mom was there and she was like, oh, it's just the medication. She was, you know, but to me, it wasn't. Yeah, for sure. Maybe the message was just for me. I don't know. Well, and it. And it's just, it's different for people in in different circumstances. And that's like, my dad, oftentimes I'll talk about a similar experience. He was really close with my great grandma. I she died the year that I was born. So I never met her, but, um, he was very close and he would, she would tell people that he was her baby and, um, she had cancer. And when she passed away, he had been there that morning and she told him, she told him that when he went to work, that she was going, that she was going home. Right. And she, um, she, she talked to him about what she saw and how she saw it. And, and my dad still will talk about that. And just the same as you, he gets so emotional over it because it was basically, she, she saw Jesus, she experienced it, she lived it, she felt it, and she told him, she said, when you go to work, I'm going home, I'm going home, and, and she did, my dad was on his way to work, and she passed away. I think it was either that night, or the next day, I can't remember the time frame, but I remember the day my dad had passed, because it was October 28th and I stayed home and I cleaned, I, I, we carved pumpkins, me and the kids carved pumpkins. And that's when I found out I was allergic to pumpkins because I had never really carved one before. Yeah. <laughs> My husband used to do it for the kids, but then we were 
separated and going through a divorce at the time. And um, so I did the pumpkins that year. And then my mom came home and my mom had not left the hospital in the 30, it was like 36 days he was there. And I knew then, you know, she came home in the middle of the night and, and told us he had died. Yeah. It wasn't very long after he had that conversation that it happened like a day or like either that night. it couldn't have been that night. Cause I don't think I went to the hospital that day. So yeah. it had to be the next day. Yeah. Which is still so. amazing. Like it's just, it's a witness of God. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and I, I think about my brother-in-law when my sister-in-law passed away two years ago, he 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 said he felt so lost during that whole whole episode and my nephew was home but my nephew didn't wake up until paramedics actually arrived and my brother-in-law said that the look on her face and and the fact that she called out to Jesus like she she called out for God to save her. And he, you know, he said it was, was shortly within that moment that she died. He said, I know that's when she died, even though they said that during transport that, that she was still alive and see, they had her at the hospital for two hours before they pronounced her dead. But she, he said that he knows in that moment is when her spirit left her body. Right. And, and but just, just to know that someone dedicates their life that much that they know in their last moment who they need to call on for help. Like she didn't cry out to Joe to help her. She didn't cry out for her son to help her. She knew that God was the only one to bring her home. Well, you know, we've talked about this before, back when my husband's uncle passed, the family members who are not, doesn't live, I mean, yeah, they live right. a normal life, but they, they send more than we probably do because we're aware we're in the book weekly yeah yeah right and they were calling out to God to help soothe their hearts well in that moment you're thinking they they don't have enough of God in their hearts to help them get through this moment yeah um because if we did then it wouldn't be so hard because we would know it's not the end like we will, will be reunited again and we will, you know, I think even the people that are non-believers, they, they unconsciously call out to God to help them with things when they are like, Oh God, or, you know, God is a word that is said every day out of everyone's mouth. I, I am a, I believe that 100%. If you believe or not, you're talking about God. Daddy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there are always going to be those people that, that use it in a sense that you and I often cringe and, you know, Oh yeah. I hate that. I cannot stand that. And the, the other thing is, is do they realize what power that that phrase warrants? Do they realize what, what kind of authority are they speaking have out I, when they say have it? I, have I ever told you that in the same family that I was just talking about, it would spew out of my husband's cousin's mouth very frequently. So I wouldn't let him come to our house for a long time. And he didn't do it when he wasn't drinking. He only yeah. did it when he was drinking. And he, he, he has a drinking problem. He is still fighting this drinking yeah. problem. He's aware of it and he's still fighting it. 
but it just spewed out of his mouth. And I'm like, well, you know, I can tolerate some of these bad words. I don't say bad words. I never have. I grew up in a household where bad words were not that one. That one was never used. Yeah. Were was freely spoken. And I never wanted, like, I remember every time I would cringe when I heard one and I never, I just never wanted to do that. I don't Mm -hmm. think that I'm an old soul. Mm -hmm. I think that females shouldn't say words like that from one. I think males shouldn't say female shouldn't say those words around females. And I just think it makes you look ugly. And I'm guilty of it when I was younger and trying to fit in and thought, but not that I didn't say that. And, and I, I grew up around it. And one thing that I don't recall, and I, I may be wrong, but I, I, the F word, the F bomb, I, it, See, I don't mind that one as much as I do condemning God. Yeah. I, oh no, absolutely. That one is the worst in my opinion, yeah. but, yeah. but the, I don't know. There's just, and I'm guilty of like, if I would get really mad, you know, occasionally something would come out that I'm not proud of, but I didn't do it on the regular. Like it, and yeah. I, I am definitely trying to shelter my children from it, but like my husband sometimes will listen to things. Like I can't even listen to it. Like if I hear it now, like I'm turning it off, I'm changing the channel, I'm changing the station. I am. Well, if I'm reading a book and I see it, I just skip over like. And that's the worst. Like I have, because you read it in your head and you're like, bah. Yeah. But I mean. I mean, I'm not naive. I mean, my husband says bad words, but he doesn't say them around me. He does it a lot when he's around people at work. He doesn't. I will kill him. I will choke him out if I hear him say that one word. That is definitely. (laughs) And you can tell, like, I know he's going to come home. I know he's going to come home today and things are going to come out and he's not even going to realize it. Because he's been with the boys all weekend and he's been at the race and, you know, Mm-hmm. if you've ever been to a race you know I know uh, yeah so I know that I'm expecting it I'm expecting yeah. it. so I know that I need to be prepared for it but you know I, I know saying bad words doesn't make you a bad person no no and and people will but then always, again but then again it's how you use the words well and not only that like scripture tells us you'll know them by your fruits and that's one of your fruits is what you're speaking and yeah. that's like I'll, I'll be honest like there's another era of life that okay so yeah sometimes like fitness wise you'll see me post like in the same amount of clothing as a bathing suit or something in that general aspect, but I don't go parading around town like in midriff shirts or crop tops or. Oh, you should have seen the people at the zoo. It was freezing yesterday. Some or people, booty no shorts. Yeah. And I mean, that's the trend right now, but does that mean that they're crying out for people to, be explicit in nature and be ignorant to them because they're dressed that way. No, I mean, it's just, it's a decision that they made, but does that make them, and I'm just going to say that, does that make them like any less honorable than someone that goes clothed? No. And it shouldn't make them receive any less respect, 
It's but, so funny that you say that because you remember last Sunday was it no Sunday before last Caitlin was leaving for work and I could see and you were talking about her shirt yeah mm-hmm. and I said you need to go change people don't want to people don't need to see that because I could mm-hmm. see straight through her shirt right and she was like why because it's disrespectful to yourself right. and for others so I kind of did that with her you know? right and, and I would do that because I was raised that way too. Like I absolutely was raised that way. Yeah, and, me too. And my husband will still like, I, there's been a couple of times that like I've had a dress on or something and I always wear shorts or a pair of leggings under my dresses typically. And, and he'll be like, well, you're not going to wear that. Are you? And I'm like, and he's like, well, just don't bend over. And I'm like, I, it's not, I, I understand where he's coming from, but I, what gets me is we live in a culture now where, say, for example, the teeny boppers are wearing these midriff shirts and they're wearing like low rise shorts or pants and something happens to them that shouldn't happen. Like they get raped or molested. And well, they deserved it. Did you see how they were dressed? No, I'm sorry. You're a human being. There is no reason whatsoever for you to think because someone is dressed a certain way that they deserve anything. Right. And, and, and that's what I was getting at for that. And I think that's where your mom instinct kicked in and was like protecting your daughter and saying, Nope, that's not how you want to be perceived as a person. Right. Exactly. And, and I think it's the same, like in, in what we say, okay. So would you rather be known? Like my husband is notoriously known at work for being the one that doesn't cuss. Like he doesn't. And I commend him for that. And me too. Good but, job. But he can listen to it. Like it doesn't phase him. Like he, <clears throat> well, he probably doesn't pay any attention. And I don't know how he does that. I have to, you <laughs> That's have the to, gift that I have. <laughs> yeah. You have to not pay any attention, but I mean, sometimes it will get on my nerves and I'll even call, like, I know my kids do it. I'm not crazy. Um, but my kids, if they let it slip in front of me, all I have to do, and even their friends, I'll say their name. Like Bryson is the worst. I'll say Bryson, or I will say son. And Mm -hmm. he'll automatically look at me and say, sorry, mama. Mm -hmm. They all do it. And Hunter's done it. Hunter don't do it as much as, and Caitlin don't do it as much as Bryson. He lives on his own. He has his own house, you know, but I, I will say to them, son, you don't do that in front of your mama. Yeah. You don't. And they know that. Well, yeah, exactly. That's like my mother-in-law is the same way. Yeah. It, it's the same way. And that's, and I think that's how it's, it, it should be. But like, I also know people like that's so much of their everyday language. They're not even aware when they say it. They don't, yeah. they like saying that is the same as saying, oh shoot to us yeah. or, right. or, and then there's been times too that like I'll say stuff like cheese and crackers or I just whatever and the, right. I, someone's like well you just as well say the other thing because what's the difference and I'm like it is different I'm not saying that <laughs> no but but it's just it's one of those things and like and I think as we read through this each chapter of Revelation like compounds it's like a snowball you're seeing now like the transition from the saving grace of being called away in the rapture to now we're 
experiencing what's going to happen when the Antichrist reigns. And, and you and I know from reading and studying the Bible that sin's pleasurable for a season. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pleasurable for a season, but there are always consequences to any sin. There right, are consequences. Right. Hey, do you think that <clears throat> like when my dad had that conversation and he was waiting, he was in limbo between being alive and passing on. Do you mm-hmm. think that is purgatory or do you experience a purgatory after you, your soul has left your body? You know, like you read so many different things on that. And my dad and I have talked about that. And I always like, I am not studied enough in that area to really, to give you any kind of definitive answer. But right Mm -hmm. now, the only thing that comes back to my mind, every time I think about purgatory is to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And if we're absent from this body and we're present with the Lord, we're not waiting somewhere to be there. In between. In between. I honestly think that purgatory is our body. The shell of our body is Mm -hmm. there, but Mm -hmm. our spirit is gone because when the rapture happens, that's when even the souls of the earth are called out. Uh So I think that's when our bodies rise. I think that our souls are already, if we're deceased and we're gone, or even if we're here and we're going to heaven, I think that our souls are, are already present with the Lord. I think that it's, I think it's the actual shell because you're given a new body in Christ like this. Your old body cannot enter into heaven because it's sin. Right. Well, you'll see, even with the guy that we shared on our page, he said he was looking down at his hands and, the, and they like, were, they yes. were like, the tattoos were gone. Um, he had new skin. He would just, he had been revived. You know, his new body was glorious, but this, the same, but different because there was no imperfections that so, he had done to his, his body here on earth. So the purgatory relates back to the Roman Catholic doctrine And it says that a place or state of suffering inhabited by the souls of sinners who are explodating their sins before going to heaven. Right. So, I mean, it's just a different, different belief, I guess. I don't know. Maybe that's something that we should investigate. Maybe. I think we should, because purgatory is hard for me to understand. And obviously we're all going to have some type of purgatory because we have all sinned. It's the length of time that you would stay in purgatory to pay for your sins, correct? Yeah, because there are apparently, according to the Roman Catholics, there are seven levels of purgatory. It has come to refer as a well-known range of historic conceptions of suffering Hmm. maybe that's what we should look up for next sunday in addition to chapter 15 is is trying to understand what purgatory is okay because like even this little commentary it says that 
The origin of purgatory may be sought in the worldwide practice of praying for the dead and caring for their needs. Such belief that there is a temporal state between eternal life and final abode. They can benefit from generous prayers for the dead and hopes that the just will have mercy and commos on the sinner to turn them to a saint. So I'm assuming that's why some religions pray for the dead. Is that why we say, Lord, have mercy on their soul? Yeah. Yeah. So what I think we need to do is if someone passes, just pray that, of course, we always pray. Now, when someone's sick, I don't never know how to pray. Of course, I want them to be healed. But at some point, you know, as a human, when they're going to make it and when they're not going to make it. And that's when you need to pray, change your prayer to, for God's will to be done. And it, and it says that it's different among the religions, like even Buddhists have their opinion about it. Um, obviously, Christians have their opinion. But what it says about the Christians is that it dates back to the Roman Catholic belief that there are three major components to purgatory. Prayer for the dead when they do die, an active state between death and resurrection, and purifying fire after death. These consists notions of purgatory only when viewed from the standpoint of a formal Roman Catholic doctrine. So I'm thinking I can pray when someone dies for their soul. Even though if we knew they were they were a devout Christian, at some point they've sinned. We're human. We all sin. Yeah. We all have to pay for our sins one way or the other, either it be here on earth or in purgatory. But for those people or doesn't have that in-between state, like my dad had that in-between state and they die instantly in an accident, that's a little, that confuses me a little bit. I can see my dad being in purgatory and limbo between one world and another, between here on earth and the Yeah, right. But what about the people that die instantly in an accident or in their sleep or, you know, what about those people? It's too confusing. So it says that there's actually a Roman holiday called All Souls Day. Uh-huh. A day for commemoration of the departed. Those baptized Christians who are believed to be in purgatory because they died with guilt of lesser sins on their souls. It is observed on November 2nd. Roman Catholic doctrine holds that prayer to faithful servants on earth to help cleanse the souls in order to fit them for the vision of God in heaven. And the day is dedicated in prayer and remembrance. Masses are commonly held and many people visit the doctrinated graves of loved ones. Hmm. We need to do a lot of research. Yeah. I'm not sure how I feel about it. <laughs> Purgatory scares me. So is it the same as Day of the Dead, like in the Mexican? I immediately, I immediately thought of Day of the Dead when you started saying they hold a day for prayers. Okay, have you ever seen that Disney movie? Um, what is it? Coco? What is mm-hmm. it? You know what it I'm is, talking about? It's, yeah, it's Coco. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. 
and and it's all about the day of the dead and how the spirits come back and but it's a little different because spirits are supposed to come back on the day of the dead am i am i correct yeah 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 and it's supposed to be the most um i don't know it's a different day than what you would think it would be because there's that one that's why we have halloween if you don't know a lot about Halloween and why we have it, it's that's the day that the the veil is supposed to be so thin that spirits could come back. Or I mean, it's just a scary day. It's just so, scary. But the the sound of this though is that unless you're Roman Catholic, then then purgatory isn't a common thing. Issue. Mm. Now, Christianity the the, the world was founded off Catholicism was it not Mm -hmm. and Christianity stemmed off of the Catholic belief and then you have all these others that come out and interpret the Bible different ways and so on and so forth so I mean going back to, to Catholicism and Christianity stemming off of it maybe it is something that we need to to at least visit and, and educate it, itself. It says that it started in the 11th century and was a formulation of the Western belief of medieval theologians uh-huh. that linked to the Roman Catholic Church, believing that living can help those who are dying be purified from their sins by praying for them and, and gaining an intercession for them. However, like for me, my belief is that we don't need someone else to intercede for us because we have Jesus. Exactly. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure that I feel strongly. That purgatory? Yeah. It's not mentioned very often. People don't talk about it. Well, and my thing of it is, is that once you're dead, you're dead. Like you're. There's no holding place for you. Yeah. And and I know that there are some people that believe like in reincarnation and things. And maybe that's where that comes into play too, is that they, mm-hmm. they're feeling that, or, or you also have people that feel like spirits remain on the earth if they have unfinished business. Maybe that's where that comes from. Maybe they think that if you they know can- what? I bet you're right. Yeah. I bet you're right. And they have to have- the cleansing yeah yeah y'all know i'm a big paranormal nut yeah and i agree with that so like i think i would understand that portion of it i tell you someone that i love watching and i don't know if she's real or not she entertains me and it gives you something to think about i love watching kim russo she's supposed to be a psychic medium and then you can go back in the bible and you can read about mediums well, I always like Long Island medium. I love her too. I love yeah. her too. But right now I am like attached to this Kim Russo woman for some reason. She's amazing. And she, I mean, some of the things that she says make sense. Like she'll, she'll like, if she's going into this one place and she says, I need my angels, my protectors with me and da, 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 da. But she's like, we have to be the ones to help these unfinished souls as she calls them or lost souls i believe is what she actually says yeah oh my god i need to stop talking about stuff like this my back screen door just whipped open i'm done for the day sorry (laughs) (laughs) it just scared me to death (laughs) 
So I'm going to just point the this. Probably it. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to point this out to you that I looked up. They, there were some scriptures that they linked purgatory to. And one of the scriptures they linked it to was in Luke. And it's the story about the rich man and Lazarus. And it says the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried in Hades where he was being tormented. He looked up and saw Abraham afar off with Lazarus by his side. He called out, Father, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the finger in cool water and cool my tongue. I am in agony. But Abraham said, Child, remember during your lifetime you received good things and Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and you are in agony. Besides all this, between you and us, a great chasm has been fixed so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot and no one from there to here. So that kind of abolishes the chance of an inner holding place. Right. In my opinion, right? Like yeah, you, it, can't be, it can't be separated. I, I never really believed in purgatory. <clears throat> and yeah, then, I didn't. Because, we joke about it because I live in a place and, and we call it purgatory because of what it is. But <laughs> well, I mean, no one ever really talks about purgatory. Well, and I think it's just because it's like you and I were just talking. There's so many different religions that there's different beliefs because of the different. It's the same as what's going on in our culture today. Like you're going to have groups that believe one thing and someone disagrees. So they break off and they start believing their own thing. Well, then they break off and they start believing their own thing. And then they break off. And that's, that's how you get such a hodgepodge of people. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. But because. Okay. I mean, if we all started with Catholicism and we broke off so many religions, just think of how that could be. It's just insane to think of, I guess. But I'm not thinking anything weird for the rest of the day because of the screen door thing. Either God was trying to hush me or something else. <laughs> well, I think he's just letting us know that that's not where we need to go. <laughs> hey, sweet girl. How are you today? Are you feeling better? No. Maybe you need to rest some more with some tea. <laughs> but prayer requests. So obviously still praying for my cousins. Um, yes. <clears throat> we have several that need it for sure. We still have community members battling COVID. So keep them in prayer. Um, just in general, I think, I think our nation as a whole, I still am just standing firm on the, the belief that our nation is not headed in a path that God wants it to. And, and if they're not careful, it's going to be Babylon. It's going to crash. Right. So I actually have one today. My um, daughter-in-law sister had a baby yesterday, cute little baby boy named Briar. And he was, um, his O2 levels was dropping a little bit and they took him to the NICU and the mother had actually had COVID while she was pregnant. They say this is not COVID related and I may be saying everything wrong. I was just going back, but he has a little bit of fluid on one of his lungs and it could be from stuff that he swallowed. During birth. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, he, I think is going to, he's, had to stay in the NICU all night and I think she's going to have to come home without him um, full term yeah full term baby but they just want to make sure he's okay so we're definitely mm -hmm. going to pray for little Briar today um, to to get strong and healthy enough to come home um, yes. to his family 
Amen. I agree. Yeah. All right. Anything else? I think we're good. Okay. I think it's my turn to go today. I'll try not to cry, but I can't promise anything. I'm a cry yeah. baby. It's okay. I'm not Stray away, not, friend. I, I'm not a weak person. I just I have a lot of love in my heart. <laughs> There's a difference between sentimental, emotional, and weak, and none of them are you. So you're not you're not weak. You're just you're spirit driven, and that is okay. I'm already crying. Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> you got a leaky faucet. I do. I do. I think I'll let Caitlin up. I'm gonna I'm gonna run to the room right quick. Okay. And watch. It's a weird, mm-hmm. weird. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today to thank you for this beautiful Sunday. Thank you for the friendship that you have brought together with me and Brittany and her girls are so amazing. Lord, we, we appreciate them so much. Lord, we pray for our nations. We pray that you can just unite us together in your name and that we can abolish most of the sin that goes on in this world. We know it will never be gone, but we pray that you just bring our nations together, bring our races together, and let's unite as one in your name, Lord. Lord, we continue to pray for Brittany's family, for healing, for all of her loved ones, Lord. You know who they are, what they're battling, and we know only you can heal them, Lord. Lord, we also pray for all the COVID that's in our um, communities, in our lives, in our families, Lord. We pray that you just wipe this ugly disease away from the face of the earth, Lord, and that we no longer have to deal with losing loved ones and yes, having such, such different reactions for everyone, Lord. Lord, we pray for baby Briar, that you can make him strong and healthy, yes. as we know you will in time, Lord, that he can hurry up and come home and be with his family and they can all be together as one. Lord, we thank you for all the blessings you've bestowed upon us and the ability to share your name to others, Lord, and teach your teachings to help save other lives. Lord, we pray that you bring us many, many to hear, many to watch, many to learn, Lord, and it is your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. This has been a great, great podcast day, friend. I know. We had so much fun. Yeah, for sure. I didn't cry too much during that. I'm proud of myself. Yeah, you're good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, have a good Sunday. Enjoy your run. Thank you. I'm going to text Jamie right now and see if she's ready. I have to eat something first. I haven't ate today. Yeah, that's a good plan. Mm -hmm. All right, friends. Well, we hope you have an amazing Sunday. Okay, bye. Bye, (laughs) y'all.